This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast, and welcome to our Bears-Cardinals postgame show. The final whistle just blew a few moments ago, and our Bears came back to beat the Arizona Cardinals 16-14 of in a game that had me worried for pretty much the entirety of the 60 minutes. But luckily for our Bears, they found a way to win it despite numerous issues on offense. The defense really kind of had this team's back in the second half. Uh, and the Bears, after this, of course, they improved to 2-1, and one, which is the first time uh, they're over 500 since September of 2014. And even maybe in better news, uh, the Bears are now a, a sole place of the NFC North first place uh, for the first time since week 16 of 2013, which was 1,729 days ago. Not that I'm counting, but we're here to break down the Bears win. I'm your host, Wit, and help me break break down this game. I am currently joined by just one Bears brother, Nicholas Moriano. Brandon Hazlett is experiencing some internet issues. He may or may not be back as we kind of get going here throughout the show. But Nick, if you had to summarize this word in just a sentence, what would it be? Oh, man, that's, it's tough. Uh, one, uh, one sentence or one word? I said sentence. You did say sentence. It was... Uh... This game uh, came down to the end, basically. That's that's how I would describe it, and that's exactly what ended up happening. It's like you said, you you started off the the podcast perfectly. Woo! That's exactly what I did when we joined the the, the podcast earlier, and that's how it should be. That's exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was sweating bullets, like I said, for the majority of that game, and uh, you know, good good teams find a way to win the games they're not supposed to. There are a couple times in this game that I really thought the Bears were just trying to find ways to throw it away. I think the defense thought otherwise but uh let's go ahead and just jump right into our opening drive and the first quarter of our show and let's begin with this week's monster moment and my monster moment this week is going to be Khalil Mack strip sack right I mean well that wasn't a sack but the forest fumble right there on Sam Bradford uh that big play of course led to the points that was uh the 16 of 14 so even though it wasn't a touchdown after points it still was the three enabling the Bears to get up by these two points and the defense held on the rest of the way through I had a few different monster moments throughout, but I think Cleo Max won. Uh, obviously, that gave the Cardinals the kind of the motive to move on from Bradford, throw Rosen in the game as well, which, of course, could have altered how this game kind of shook out. But for me, Cleo Mack, yet again, steps up when his, when the moment arises, come away with a big play. And it was a big one. The Bears came away with the win after putting points up after that turnover, and that's why it's going to be my monster moment. And usually we're going to hand over to Brandon for a stat, but he hasn't came back yet with the internet. So Nick, I'm going to go ahead and skip that for now. Uh, do you have a knack or a knock? Because a game like this, you really could go either way. 
Yeah, and I was just, uh, I finally went with that. I'm going to go with a knack, and I'm going to actually give it to the Bears' secondary players in that second half. You had Eddie Jackson getting an interception, Sherrick McManus, and Bryce Callahan there at the end. This is a unit that people are saying need to step up a little bit, even though Prince of Mukamura had that game-winning pick six last week. Um, I think they really stepped up this week against a depleted Arizona Cardinals team with Bradford, Rosen, whoever was at quarterback. They really stepped up to you know the matchup and played pretty well. So those Bears secondary players really get they get the knack for this win. Excellent. And uh, Brandon said he did throw it in the chat here before he left. Uh, it's going to be the number four, which was all the turnovers that the Bears defense found a way to create came in the second half. And even better, they all came in a row because uh, after the Bears gave up that second touchdown of the day when they went down fourteen zip, it was uh, they forced a punt, a three and out, and a three and out, then halftime, and then they come out after the break, interception, interception. Fumble, interception. That's really great. That's really remarkable. And it's funny because when the Bears went down 14-0, all the jokes on Twitter are like, oh, the Bears are just obviously trying to do a comeback like they did on Monday night against the Cardinals way back in 2006. Well, I mean, it wasn't as miraculous with the defense, uh, of course, came up in the same kind of way, same manner in which they did in that game to kind of give the Bears an opportunity to come away with the win. And, of course, they did it. And, Nick, over to you. Uh, what's the lowdown? How did the Bears... Uh, come away with this victory what's the specific reason is it just a defense uh, just holding down the fort here in the second half I think so because uh, this was not a good performance by Mitch Trubisky and we'll get into that later but it was just a defense that after the first one I think it was two drives for um or maybe first two or three drives for Arizona they scored those two touchdowns and that was it really that Arizona Cardinals offense could not get going and they really Vic Fangio figured it out they were able to get pressure able to stop the run in David Johnson able to just you know, get Bradford off his game. Those quarter, the, the receivers didn't really get open. So that's basically what it was. They gave up those two initial touchdowns. And then ever since then, it was just Bears defense all the way. I see Brandon has popped in. B, can you hear us? That's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. All right. So as we kind of keep going, I believe like Nick, you mentioned, you know, that's exactly why the bears were able to come away with this victory. So let's go over now. I think I Brandon's here again. I'm going to give him one more chance. Can you hear us, Mr. B? That's a no. We're going to move on from Brandon today. Brandon, we'll see you later on in the week. Nick, how about you? Do you have an MVB? We need to handle those out. Oh, an MVB. You know what? I do. I'm actually going to give this one. I'll give it to Cleo Mack again. I mean, I know that's a someone that can always win it each and every week, but for your monster moment, that was a big drive for the Bears, just not allowing the Cardinals to get any points on that drive, even though they were in Bears territory with that uh, that fumble on Bradford and really changing momentum of that game. Um, that deserves it. Mack is just, he's a monster. He really is. He makes everyone around him better, and I'm glad that he is a Chicago Bear because, man, he is just wreaking havoc on opposing quarterbacks, but yeah, I'm going to have to go with Cleo Max, my MVP. I think Cleo Max, the consensus one, which is, it's been a running joke now for the early part of the season. You can do it each and every week. What about Sherrick McManus? Can we give it to him for the interception? I mean, he hasn't had one since 2010 when he played for the Texans and Jeez. it's been such a long time for him. And he's someone who we kind of oversee, you know, overlook as a defensive back on this roster. He's someone who we kind of look as a core special teams player, but when he comes away with a big interception, like he did today to jump that route, come away with the football. And of course, another turnover that led to some bears points, which in a game like this, when you only win by two and you miss a field goal to start off this game, every single point matters. And that's why, you know, the bears uh, were on the right side of it due to share McManus. So honestly, you can give it to him. You can give it to Cleo Mack. Eddie Jackson as well, but the reason I wouldn't give it to Jackson as much is because 
even though it was a great interception. And we'll talk about that later on, but more times than not, teams look at that as like a punt because it was so far down the field and it was third down, but McManus gave the bears the ball back in, you know, plus territory and the bears, I was hoping they were going to come away with seven only came out, came away with three. Um, Seems like the consensus of the day. We'll talk about that when we talk about the offense. But for me, I'll give it to Sherrick McManus because I think he deserves some love here on the Bears defense. All right, well, that's going to do it for the first quarter of our postgame show. And before we enter the second quarter and break down what the Bears offense did today, I need to call a timeout and tell you about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Football is back, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find a perfect gift, SeatGeek can help you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's something quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for the great value. As you know, the Bears brothers have the SeatGeek apps in our phone and our devices. By far the easiest way that we've been able to search for tickets. Uh, there's a lot of features that I like. Either it be their email newsletter that can send you updates about events happening in your area, or lately their app after I get an update, they now send you notifications about teams that you follow, about price drops. So then you know, like, hey, the prices are lower. Maybe I should buy these tickets now. It's really, it's really, it's a really neat feature that they have in that app. And on top of that, if you're actually looking for tickets, you can sort by value. That way you know that the tickets that you're looking for are definitely the most worth it. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. And of course, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And right before the game today, uh, we had some time since it was another late kickoff, and I was checking out some tickets for the Bears game down in Miami. You saw the game today on TV, at least most of you did. And you saw just how many Bears fans traveled all the way down to Arizona for this game, you know. And I'm excited because down in Miami, uh, we're going to this game. I just got my hotel and everything booked. My flight's been ready. We have the tickets now for a few months. And we're going to be joined by, you know, 40 to 50 Bears fans for this game. And if you're looking to travel to a Bears game this year, I encourage you to check out this game because we're going to have a great group of guys there. And I would love to meet you as well. So definitely check out the Bears Miami game on SeatGeek. And the best part of all, if you're looking for this game, our listeners get $20 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All righty, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Little Wit. I'm joined by my fellow Bears brother, Nicholas Moriano. Brandon Hazlett is bumping in and out of this hangout as we're trying to figure out his audio difficulties slash internet issues. But regardless, we're here breaking down this Bears victory, 16-14 uh, to 14 against the Arizona Cardinals, and it's time to dive in to our discussion on the Bears offense. And Nick. After all that monologuing, I need a sip of water. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Do you have some general thoughts you want to kick it off with? Yeah, this was not a, I don't think it was a very good performance by the Bears offense. And I think I had that coming into this game because this is a underrated Cardinals defense. So coming into this, I wanted to see Mitch Trubisky, you know, elevate his play, Matt Nagy's play calling it a little bit better. And I don't know if I essentially saw that today against the Arizona Cardinals. Mitch Trubisky, um, what, 24 for 35. 220 yards, one interception, no touchdown passes, 73.5 rating. Not the best stat line. And then again, Matt Nagy's play calling. How many screens did we see in this game, whether it was a first down, third down? That just seemed like the go-to play to try to get yardage. And it kind of gets a little repetitive. We saw a lot of screens when Mark Tressman was head coach. And, you know, it worked at first, but teams adapt. Matt Nagy's throwing the same thing out there with these screens, maybe different personnel. The best one he used was with two tight ends, the Sims and Broniker blocking for an Anthony Miller. So repetitive there. We still need to see these guys develop, but Mitch Trubisky specifically, and we'll, I guess we'll talk about him in a little bit, needs to get better because he did not have a good showing today. 
Yeah, and it's not just the play calling, too. I think one of my disappointments out of you know Coach Nagy today has to be that timeout usage, especially in the second half, because you know he used two timeouts before two field goals, which is unusual to say the least. Nick, were you as perplexed as I was? Oh, yeah. As soon as that happened, I put it in my notes like, why? Why, is he, why does he even do that? I mean, on the one play where they uh, are trying to go for on fourth down and just they don't even get to the line of scrimmage to try to draw the defense offside, burn a timeout. Like, what is the reasoning for that? That was a little strange, though, especially because it made no sense. Yeah, no, it's it's almost like he was second guessing himself out there. Like, you know, the one I understand, I don't understand, but it was, they were down there in the red zone. They called a timeout. They went out there. They kind of showed their hand a little bit. Then Arizona called their timeout. And then, of course, that that's fine. But when you do it and then you bring your offense out and then you're like, eh, call a timeout and then bring it right back on. Just kick the field goal. Get the points. Like If you're second guessing yourself in the first place, just go with the points, move on. But unless you're 100% confident on your fourth down play call, I want to put them in a position. And maybe he wasn't, which maybe in retrospect, he made the right choice. But still, how he kind of went about it, the timeouts is something that um, needs to be cleaned up moving forward. Anything else about the general scope of this offense before we kind of get into the you know position specifics? Um, I, I think we saw a little bit in heading in the right direction with the utilization of Trey Burton. He did have a little bit better day than he has in the past. Obviously, he had his touchdown last week, but just him at least getting the ball, at least getting the targets, at least that was a little bit better today, and he was able to have some production in the air. So I think I do like that aspect of, of this offense as it constantly progresses throughout the season. No, exactly. It was one of my keys to the game that someone outside of Allen Robinson needed to step up. And I was really looking at Trey Burton because he was averaging less than like 20 yards per game, which for a guy who with all the hopes and aspirations that we have kind of built around this offseason, averaging less than 20 yards a game is really underperforming, you know, to say the least. So for him to come out in a big way today, we could talk about him a little bit more when we talk about the tight ends. But yes, I was very pleased with what I saw. Nick, I want to know in terms of third downs today, the Bears were five of 14, which you know, is well below 50%. And on the year, throughout the first two games, this, Car- this Carolina, this Cardinals defense gave up about 50%, which is like the fifth most in the league. But they really had the Bears number today on third down. And I do think a big part of it was, especially early on, uh, I think after the first three drives, they averaged 13 yards to go on third down. So they were, you know, behind the sticks, which of course, with someone like Trubisky, who has struggled, especially on third down with pressure in his face, that's not an ideal spot to be on. But Besides that, or maybe just build upon that, why did the Bears struggle on third down today? I think Matt Nagy also has to do a better job, especially on third down. Even when they're behind the chains, you know the defense is going to blitz, especially a young quarterback. The Bears seem like they just didn't know, didn't have that hot route. They didn't have someone to go in the vacated spot where the blitz came from to where it would be an easy completion. I know Trubisky, the one intercept, the interception that he threw that um, that's exactly what the Cardinals did. They brought the blitz. He doesn't get the ball over it, which we can still talk about later with Trubisky, but I think that's where Matt Nagy needs to get better. Where to diagnose where maybe a blitz can come from and exploit that zone that maybe a defender left so then you can pick up those easy yards because not every time a team blitzes is are you supposed to get to the quarterback and it's going to be a successful play for the defense. Offenses can adapt to that. I want to see Matt Nagy as a play caller adapt to that because teams are blitzing Trubisky. Finally. A bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. 
For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. To see how he will handle it. So that's what I want to see, especially on third downs, regardless if they were, you know, maybe a third and five, third and medium, third and long, get better when the defense is bringing the blitz. Yeah, I agree. I think one thing I was at least fond about about this Bears offense today was despite the fact that they were down, you know, 14-0, they didn't have, and this goes two ways, um, but I liked it today um, in terms of, I won't, I won't say they lacked urgency, but they didn't rush things out there. They didn't, you know, they didn't go out there and just, you know, have to take a deep shot, have to take a deep shot, take a deep shot, and then end up punting. Like they ended up establishing, you know, a handful of drives. Now, of course, they struggled in a red zone, unable to put points up on the board, but they were still able to establish drives, take their time, run their offense. They didn't panic and they didn't kind of want to tailor, you know, into the hands of the car- the Cardinal. I'm going to do that all night. The Cardinals defense. Uh, so for me, uh, despite being down early in the first quarter, uh, down down two scores at that too, uh, the Bears' ability to, you know, not really rush things, kind of stick true to their game plan, I think is a reason why the Bears came out with the victory today. Nick, anything else about this offense as a whole before we move on to quarterback? You know, I liked how they, just another note here, that they just committed to the run. Jordan Howard had 24 carries. Uh, Tariq Cohen had five. Mitch Mitch had two on those uh, QB scrambles there. But, yeah, they committed to it, and that's what the Bears need to do because when Jordan Howard gets going, the team gets going. That offense can move the ball a little bit. So even though they were down at 1.14-0, they didn't abandon the run. I know that was preached in the in the telecast today but the bears you know committed to it and kept on doing it throughout the game and you know you would like to see in the fourth quarter you know get a first down with jordan howard but the bears end up winning this game so but you would like to see them improve upon that yeah i mean he moved the six you know plenty of times tonight which it's good it's huge it's something they haven't even really tried to do uh throughout the first two games i know you mentioned it 24 carries for jordan howard today so that means uh the bears did now improve throughout his uh you know two and in the beginning of his third year, uh, they now improved to nine and two when Jordan Howard has 20 plus carries. So it just seems like a simple game plan when you put it that way. Obviously, there's a little bit more that goes into it, but still nine and two when Jordan Howard has 12, 20 plus carries in his young career here in Chicago. But Nick, let's just go ahead and dive right down with Trubisky. Uh, really tough game to watch for the most part. I mean, he had a lot of missed opportunities out there, a few missed throws, some poor reads. Uh, some poor pocket awareness as well. And I'm throwing all the negatives out there and I want to get to those. But first, can you at least give some of our listeners a positive? Is there a silver lining somewhere out here? You know, the thing is Mitch, when he sets his feet, has the right protection, uh, you know, protection in front of him, is able to diagnose a play, which he's still difficult, you know, having some difficulties with. He can deliver an accurate ball. You see the little touch throw to Allen Robinson on the right sideline. You see the throw to what was it, Trey Burden on a, I think he was running out or rolling out and then hits him on the sideline as well. You see the accuracy there at times. You see these good plays at times. You see when he's able to escape the pocket but there's just too much bad that you remember more so than the good. So, I mean, it's not like Trubisky. Well, so see, the thing is you go from week two to week three, he, he, he took steps backwards to me in this game. So, but he, he can make throws, he can make them, but we need to see more consistency with him having those good plays rather than the bad ones. Yeah. I mean, his best throw of the day was that 39 yarder to Allen Robinson down the sidelines, right between the two defenders. I mean, that was the highlight for Trubisky today, but I think the low light, it, it just kind of compounds upon itself. I mean, 
it started off okay. He kind of the first one of the first plays uh, at this very first drive. Uh, he saw a blitz. He was able to roll away from it. Find Jordan Howard along the sideline. Great. Um, but the Bears down in red zone, third and six. He runs back 17 yards and takes the sack. Which if he would have just stepped up or at least got down, you know, limit the damage. I think the Bears would. I again, I'm not a fortune teller. I don't have a time machine. I can't go back in time. You have to believe at least the chances are improved that Parkey hits that first field goal of the game, which could have changed the entire complexion of how this kind of game shook out. Uh, but instead, it gives him a longer opportunity in which Parkey misses. You know how the rest goes. But how does he respond? Well, he responds with a fumble. It gives the Arizona the football at the 21-yard line. That leads to points. Following drive, he and Jordan Howard kind of stumble into one another. Uh, but that was actually, um, this is the play you're talking about with Trey Burton. Uh, those are the one they kind of stumbled into one another, but then he kind of makes up for it because he was able to re, you know, get his momentum, set his feet again, and then he found Burton for a 25 yarder to get that first down. And then the bad comes back, uh, especially uh, he missed what three balls that were in the end zone that could have been six. Uh, Gabriel wide open, deep pass. Robinson in the middle of the field in the end zone had a step, just missed it. Then it was a really odd play call where they had four wide receivers at one side. Robinson by himself on the left and then he throws a fade, but it was not even anywhere close where Robinson could have came down with that football. So a lot of missed opportunities today for Mitch. Uh, so I know I just kind of went back into the negative, which I'm not trying to be. I just want to kind of break down the good and the bad. Where do you want to take this conversation with Tris Trubisky today? You know, the thing is what I want Trubisky to really improve upon. And just because the whole entire off season was cared to Trubisky is gaining weapons is giving those weapons opportunities to make plays with, with that play you were just talking about they have four wide receiver four uh guys on the right side lined up and then you have Allen robinson on the left side that ball was just too high for Allen robinson to go get give him an opportunity to catch that ball that's what you want to see um there's these overthrows and where you're not even giving your guys a chance to go get those balls because they're nowhere in the vicinity of the receiver he needs to let his playmakers at least have a chance to make these plays for him because that's what he's preached all offseason. I'm just going to be the distributor, the point guard, give you know my guys the ball. That's what Trubisky has said. Well, we need to see him actually do that. That's the thing. He's not doing that, and that's why he's having the games that he's having. That's why there's this doubt in Chicago. Is he the guy? It's still very early to say that, but you need to see him make those throws, be more consistent with them, give his playmakers a chance to make plays, and then that narrative can maybe change to a, pos a more positive one. Because right now, Trubisky's not doing that, and it's becoming you know something on a consistent basis. We need to see how he can you know adapt and then just give himself better chances to win games and you know lead this offense to score more points. That's ultimately what it's all about. Yeah, we need to see some improvement. And again, we talked about it throughout the season. It's gonna it's gonna take time. We need to be patient. But when you watch a game, especially like what we did today, sometimes I'm not saying they need to make a change. I think we're the farthest thing from it. I do not want to see Chase Daniel out there. But you just wish you saw just a little bit more at this point, just some encouraging signs, which I mean, how he distributed the ball today. Maybe that's one of the silver linings. Maybe that's one of the signs. And I mean, look, Trey Burton with the four catches and Robinson with three, Miller with four, Gabriel six, and then another, you know, trio with some other guys on the bottom. So, yes, he's spreading it around, but the yards per throw, it's still it's down around five today. And eventually I need to see the lid be taken off. He saw some deep shots today, but. Besides the one that to Robinson that was actually completed, there was another one that was close to being intercepted. A few more where you look like he was just taking deep shots just to kind of keep the defense honest, but they're way out of bounds, so they're not even like within contention. So 
Yeah, I just eventually you want to see him start taking these deeper shots down the field. It doesn't even need to be deep shots. This kind of work that intermediate game, you know, range just a little bit more at a 12 to 15 yarder. Nick, do you have a point? Yeah, just one last thing with Mitch Trubisky. Um, he needs to, whenever he has the ball, needs to take pride, needs to have this mindset where I, the, the ball is precious. I'm not going to let this, you know, go into the other team's hands. I mean, obviously he had the interception. He should have had uh, another interception when he threw across his body and that safety comes down, makes a very athletic play. That one deep shot you were talking about to Allen Robinson. The, uh, there's just all these things. Mitch needs to be, uh, every time he se steps out on that field, I should not give this ball to the to the defense. But it seems like he's a little careless at times. Like, okay, let me run around. You alluded to that sack that he took where he turns around, loses God knows how many yards on that. Needs to be more protective of the football going forward because, what, last week it was two interceptions, another interception. Could have been three interceptions this game had guys made, you know, caught the ball from uh, Trubisky. But, yeah, I just want to see him, you know, take that, that mindset where – you know, the ball is precious, time, field position, all that stuff. But it just seems like right now, being the, as young as he is with the new offense, he's just kind of, I don't know, going out there and just doing not whatever, but just needs to be a lot more cautious with the football for sure. Yeah. And that's something that also goes, you know, both ways. There's two sides every story. But at some point, you want to see him take shots, even if it is a little bit of a risk. And hopefully, it, as long as they're, you know, calculated. Cal thank you. Calculated risk. Um, but the fumble, you can't have that. You need to, you nope. know, you need to have that ball tucked, not where the, you know, the defender can swipe at it. And then when it's on the ground, don't try to scoop it and run with it. Just get down on that ball because worst case scenario, you can just punt. At least make Arizona, you know, work for those points. Don't give them the ball practically in the red zone. So yeah, times like that, you wish you had a little bit more better ball security out of Trubisky. I definitely agree that he has to do that, especially when you have a defense who plays as well as they've been playing throughout these first three weeks. Uh, the less you can turn the ball over and just let the defense do what they do, get points when you can. I think more times than not, you're going to be at least in contention of winning some of these ball games as we kind of work through the rest of the season. Let's go ahead and look at who Trubisky had to work with today. Uh, we talked about Burton already. Uh, anyone else stand out? I, I want to talk about Miller, um, but with the injury thing as well, let's hold that to the end. Yeah, so, you know, because we'll talk about Miller a little bit later, you know, Taylor Gabriel's a guy, I think the Bears can, I think they can use him better than what they're using him like right now. A lot of it's a screen game. And yes, he's a guy that if he makes a man miss, he has proper blocking, can definitely take it uh, a small uh, pass, a short pass to, you know, make it a big gain. But I want to see him really stretch the field down vertically. I know Patrick Pearson had, you know, really good coverage on, you know, Taylor Gabriel for majority of this game and when he was lined up on him. But I want to see that, like we've been talking about, you want to see Mitch Trubisky take, uh, I guess, that leash off and Matt Nagy too, just air it out to Taylor Gabriel. He's so fast. And I mean, I think he's a guy that can get behind a defense. So I know he had what his stats were six receptions for 34 yards. 5.7 yards was the average. So you see these the short yardage plays happening. I want to see him be utilized in better ways, not just in the screen game. Right. And it's exactly what they've been trying to do with him all season long. And there was a missed opportunity today in the, in the end zone with him that would have been a little bit longer down the field. I think more of that. And he's done that a few times so far this year where he can get open down the field. We need to see a little bit more of it. The I know the issue especially with Trubisky, who has struggled with the deep ball accuracy, is the lack of size that Gabriel kind of brings to the table because he has a little bit of a smaller target out there. But still, he's able to get open. And like you've mentioned, I think utilizing him a little bit more effectively instead of just relying him on the screen game, which honestly, it hasn't really worked too much because the other receivers out there 
haven't been able to block super well in order to kind of give him anywhere to run. It seems like as soon as the ball's in his hands, he has one or two defenders right around his ankles. And when that happens, I mean, he can break a couple of tackles, but more times than not, he's just going to go right down. So for me, yeah, the same exact thing as you. Just kind of use him a little bit more. Uh, so yeah, Alan, let's talk about Alan Robinson today because you know three catches, fifty yards. Uh, he did have seven targets today. Were you surprised that Robinson was looked at as much today with Patrick Peterson? Because it's, I saw it on Twitter. Everyone's like, why do you keep throwing it over that way? It's like Patrick Peterson's a really good corner. Why do you keep testing him? Were you surprised or are you fine with it? Not really, because because Mitch Trubisky only being his second year and looking like he's not able to go through his progressions very well right now. I think it's just, okay, let me look to Allen Robinson. That's my guy. That's the guy that I've been throwing to, you know, for the majority of this season so far. So with the targets there, that doesn't surprise me, despite, you know, Patrick Pearson being opposite of him because Trubisky, you know, look one way, Allen Robinson's not open. Do I really want to go the second read? And maybe, you know, there's a, a defender right on the backside or, or whatnot, but it does not surprise me, which is weird because Patrick Pearson is a great corner, but, Again, I think that falls on Mitch just not being comfortable with going through all the progression still. Absolutely. And Trey Burton, we talked about him. He was able to come up with a decent chunks today. He had a 25-yard catch. He had a 13-yard catch. Uh, the 13-yarder came on the Bears' second drive off of a play-action fake. And if you remember that first drive for the Bears, they really kind of stuck with the running game, really kind of established like, hey, we're going to run it. And then look what happens. He can open up the play-action game, get an easy pickup like he did there with Burton. And then, yeah, so the other one, 25, and uh, Ben Broniker, he didn't have a catch today. Um, but one thing I want to note is that both he and Deion Sims, these two tight ends, uh, they had some really big blocks on a bubble screen to Anthony Miller that ended up going for a really long game. So even though the receivers aren't being able to really uh, stick on those blocks, that's why they brought in some of the bigger guys to get the job done over there. Uh, what do you think? Is it time to kind of hop on the Miller train here? I think so. So, yeah, Anthony Miller, he went down early. It looked like a shoulder issue. Went to the tent, came back in. Uh, you can tell it was bothering him throughout the game. And then on one play near the end, uh, he kind of did a push off. And then you can tell it instantly was back in pain. Uh, I think one of the doctors on Twitter, I don't know his name, so I apologize for not citing properly, but said definitely looks like a shoulder you know, dislocation and it's um, an issue that can last all season. And I agree. And that's something I tweeted a few minutes before because in my life, I've dislocated my shoulder six times. And I know exactly how it feels. I know what it looks like when you can't even – stand fully straight up because the shoulder's not in place. So he's kind of like hunched down and the arms is kind of dangling. And I fear, and again, not a doctor. We're going to wait for the bear to kind of give us an update here. But if it slips out a couple times within one game, it seems like it's torn labrum, which remember how that kind of affected Kyle long when he goes down there and he's an offensive lineman. Imagine what it does for a wide receiver who needs his arms, especially, you know, to do those push offs to, you know, when you're running full speed, you have to use those arms as well. But if you're wearing like any sort of harness, it's going to limit like your wingspan. So that's not viable. Nick, go ahead. We got the update. Uh, the Bears tweeted out that Anthony Miller sustained a dislocated shoulder. So that's what he's going to be dealing with, like you were saying. But now this this creates this, uh, not a void, but now the next man up mentality, right? So you saw a little bit of Josh Bellamy. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. 
go into the game once Anthony Miller went down. Kevin White was in there. I think the one play I distinctly remember was a block in the back, but he didn't get penalized because Cody Whitehair had a chop blocking penalty on that play. So I guess White gets off the hook. Not really, but now another guy needs to step up. And we've seen Trubisky go down. Robinson feel comfortable with that. He's obviously comfortable with Gabriel because he's throwing screens primarily most of the time. So now who's the next guy that can, you know, be that viable third option at wide receiver? Is it White, who hasn't really – he hasn't even beat out Josh Bellamy right now. He's getting on the field more than him. Josh Bellamy had a catch in today's game, a little screen up, of course, a screen pass. So now that's what's – going to be interesting especially if anthony miller that like you said this injury could last all season and we don't know if he's going to miss any games because of it but it does put a little damper on the wide receiving court because anthony miller had high expectations for him just because he's such a great player since what we've seen in you know training camp at bourbon a so that that does uh like i said damper down the maybe expectations for the wide receiving core as a whole because now another guy needs to step up and you got to hope someone does, but you know, real quick on Miller, two things, you know, one, he's a tough SOB because <laughs> I know for a fact that is not no easy feat. And he ended up so what four catches on his five targets for 35 yards. And you can tell he wanted to keep going out there. So he is a competitor. He's a warrior. So just want to kind of give him a shout out for that. But yeah, like you said, it kind of, it's a blow to this group because he was supposed to be that third guy, that underlying X factor, someone who I thought was going to really develop throughout this season. Not saying he can't, it's going to be much more difficult now with this injury. And we'll see exactly the severity of it because it could just be a dislocation where it was a clean one, where it was able to get in and back out. And then there's no tear to the labrum, which the labrum is what kind of holds it into the socket. But if that thing's torn, there's nothing you can really do in terms of kind of holding it in there. You can strengthen the muscles around it, but he's already a strong guy. His muscles are already kind of as, you know, not as strong as they can be, but he's a professional athlete. So they're already pretty ridiculously strong. So if it's already kind of going in and out, like it did today, um, sometimes it can take a couple weeks for because the tendons kind of stretch when it happens to retighten back up if there's no labor mare. Um, but we'll see exactly the severity and how that kind of goes. But Nick, you agree? It's definitely uh, an issue if this is a long term. Like, who's going to step up? Do you have a hunch on who you think it would be, or who do you want it to be? Well, maybe we see a Javon Wim sighting now. He has not been active on the 53, so you know if. Uh, Anthony Miller has to miss some time. I would think that Javon Williams would be the next guy who steps up. We'll see how much time he would get in an actual in the actual offense, but he's definitely going to be more involved than what he once was, uh, obviously, before the season started. So Javon Williams could be a name that maybe Bears fans might be seeing. So one injury happens, it just leads to another opportunity for another guy, which isn't the worst thing, but you definitely want to see Anthony Miller out there and healthy. Absolutely. All right, let's kind of transition over to the Bears running game today. And I want to begin with Jordan Howard, because today the 24 carries 61 yards with the touchdown. Uh, he was able to move the sticks. I, I wish I had a little counter of how many times, but I know it was, it was at least a handful today, which really kind of helped this offense kind of chug along. Um, but someone was just looking at the box score. They're going to see the 2.5 average today, which I don't think is a good indicator of his impact. Would you agree, Nick? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, 2.5, you see that like, okay, Jordan Howard must have not had a good game, but in actuality, I think he had an okay game. I, I liked what he did out there. What do you think about uh, Tree Cohen's usage today? Uh, something I was kind of clamoring for a little bit more in the pregame that I want to see more of Cohen. And today he had what? Eight total touches in terms he had 15 yards on the ground, 53, I mean, 53 on the ground, 15 through the air. So if my quick math, that's 68 total yards. That's a pretty solid day for your second string running back, right? Yeah, no, I like that. And, you know, it's 10.6 average for that running for the 
his five carries. And that's what you want to see because Tariq Cohen is a big play guy. Get him out in space and see what he can do, uh, making defenders miss and just who knows, like, like Gabriel, a small play can be a big one with, with those guys out on the field, but I liked how they utilized them. And I, I can't wait until the snap counts come out to see, you know, how much he was actually used. It seemed like a lot, a little bit more than, you know, his previous two times. So yes, I like where that's also going with the offense. I wish I would have mentioned that earlier. A little bit more utilization of Tariq Cohen. And like I said, I like that average that he has, especially running the football, those big, uh, almost, you know, a first down every time he touched it, 10.6 yard average there. I'm just looking at some of the post-game comments coming out of Matt Nagy. He doesn't care that we're in first place. It's a long season. I agree. But as a Bears fan, as a Bears fan, who I haven't seen this since 2013, it feels good. It feels good. Even if it's, you know, for right now, it's week three. I mean, obviously it matters at week 17 who's up there, but right now, I mean, it feels good for me, but uh, he says that, you know, looking at Trubisky, you know, people just not going to understand that it takes time and that they are going to get this. Uh, so he's, he's still preaching the, you know, the patience, which I understand that's kind of where he's at right now. And I don't think he's going to kind of change his mantra here after a few weeks, but uh, Nick uh, offense line thoughts, Eric Cush, you patience running thin. A little bit. I mean, he made some good plays out there. I'm not going to just harp on, you know, Eric Cush the entire time to get my guy, James Daniels in the game. But um, I think like, I, I think that change, if the bears think that it's going to help improve their, their running game and the offense as a whole, I think it's going to come after that bye week, you know, in a couple of weeks here for the bears. But yeah, I need to go back and watch the all 22 just to see, you know, like we can go back that 2.5 yardage could, where there's some plays where the offensive line are just not getting to their blocks and, now that's why Jordan Howard is not able to have a better yards per carry. So that's something I'll have to go back and watch. But yeah, I won't, I won't kill Eric Cush today just with all the negative comments, just because I, I know he made a couple of good ones that stick out in my mind. But, you know, I want James Daniels out there. Yeah, every week I'm going to watch James Daniels out there. Yeah, I had to at least give you one sub. I think for me, in terms of the offensive line, uh, my big one, Kyle Long, he just looks like he's really back on his A game. I mean, someone who last year, of course, dealt with the injuries, and now he's kind of reminiscent of the Kyle Long that we saw a couple of seasons ago. He's out there leading the charge on some of these screens, some of these outside zone runs, and he's knocking guys down to the turf. He's playing with some attitude, and that's the Kyle Long that we all know and love here in Chicago. And I just wanted to point out that I saw him a few different times throughout. We don't have Brandon, Mr. Trenches to give us uh, his analysis here. Uh, so which is going to lead us to our final thoughts on offense. So Nick, um, I know it's final thoughts, but I want to know uh, between now and Tampa Bay, what's this next step? I know we saw some, maybe some steps backwards this week. And, but we also, I think saw some steps forward to some other people stepping up, but in terms of this week and next week, what do you want to see improved on? Well, here's the thing going into this game. I wasn't expecting much from Mitch, and we've already seen bad quarterback play against the Buccaneers in years past. So Trubisky needs to take care of the football moving forward. And the play calling just needs to get a little bit better for Matt Nagy. More, less screens and just attack the field vertically. I know Mitch, Mitch Trubisky right now, his deep ball, not very accurate. But you got to give him more opportunities to at least try to get that up. Because right now, it's just not working. And maybe that's why Matt Nagy is like reluctant to, I guess, call those kind of plays. And that's why the inconsistencies there but we need to see him improve honestly this team's gonna go as far as you know mitch takes him but he just needs to not turn over the ball that'll definitely help especially when you have the defense playing as it is but tampa bay they they're surprised this year for the nfl so need to see him improve and just take care of the football going into this next game 
Yeah, couldn't say any better myself. I think, you know, it was a down game. Um, but, Nick, you talked about it in our pregame show that this Arizona defense was much better than, mm-hmm. you know, the stats indicated that blowout loss that they had a week ago. And you kind of warned us, like, you know, they can, you know, they can stand up against this offense a little bit. And I think we saw it today. I think it took the Bears by a little bit of a surprise, but they were able to kind of, you know, they did what they could. They needed, they did what they needed to do today, which is fine for tonight. But in the future, they need to do a little bit more because, you know, the defense held Arizona down to 14, but you're not going to hold teams to 14 more no. times than not. And the Bears, you know, scoring 16, you, you need more than that. You need more than just field goals, and especially if you're going down to the red zone three, four times a game. You need to find ways to capitalize. I think red zone efficiency is what I would work on if I were the Bears. Seems like they haven't had too much issue with moving the ball this season, but once they get down to the red zone, Things just fall apart, and it could be on Nagy with his play calling. Sometimes he's getting a little bit too cute. It can come down to Trubisky with his execution. Uh, so a combination of those two I like to see cleaned up uh, before next week against Tampa Bay, who's been putting up some ridiculous numbers. So the Bears offense, again, this defense, maybe they'll hold Tampa Bay to a reasonable number, but still the offense is going to need to put up some points for any shot of winning that game. All right, so up next we're going to enter the third quarter of our show and break down the Bears offense. But real quickly, since it is halftime, I want to ask you if you haven't yet subscribe to our YouTube channel. I just noticed we're getting very close to 4,000 subscribers on the channel, which is really cool. Um, I know before the season, our goal was 3000 and here we are knocking on the door to 4,000. And when you subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, you get a lot of great bonuses, not really bonuses per se, but a lot of convenience maybe would be a better word where you get notifications each and every time that we have a live show. Uh, it's especially important during our, you know, the season because we do these live post game shows where we have like 500 people showing up partaking mm-hmm. in the live chat. So if you want to join these hundreds of bears fans talking about this game, head over to our YouTube channel. And of course, and we're a long way from it in the off season when our schedule isn't as set, it's a great way to keep up with us all year long. So definitely help us out, reach a goal to 4,000 YouTube subscribers. All right, Nick, let's go ahead and enter our third quarter and begin our you know defensive analysis here. And of course, just like the offense, any opening thoughts that you like to have to kick things off? I was just really surprised, and I actually wasn't able to watch the very first drive of the game because I was just coming back from Iowa, that it was a blown coverage. Arizona went down and scored. Very surprising, and then they do that again. Another blown coverage. Or not a blown coverage. Danny Trevathan was just late on the tight end there, just not getting the proper depth and you know having that. But after that, defense just played lights out. And I know you're playing Sam Bradford and an Arizona Cardinals offense that really hasn't done much all season. But the way they played, we're able to, you know, just get off the field, able to not allow Arizona to score any type of points, cause turnovers in that second half was amazing to watch because, like we said, we just talked about the offense and they're still having their struggles. This defense needs to play lights out and not give any life to an opposing offense. And they showed that today. They were able to turn, you know, create four turnovers in that second half and just really control the game and win it for the Bears ultimately. So I was really surprised. Again, surprised at the beginning. But not, I, I'm not even that surprised at the end because this Bears defense has been playing lights out, and that's great to see. Yeah, and you can tell they didn't even panic. Like, you know, some bad things happened. They made their mistakes, and they moved on. And, yeah, you kind of hit it right on the head, but the first drive, they gave up a few really big plays in terms of broken coverages. Like, one was like 30, uh, 31, and then one was like 35 yards. And then on the next time, the Bears forced a three and out. Great. How did they counter? Well, Trubisky fumbled, gave the Cardinals a short field, ends up being a, a touchdown, one play, 21 yards. And then after that, the defense drew a line in the sand and said, you know, you shall not pass. And then for the rest of the game, they pretty much did it. They forced a punt, a punt, a punt, 
interception, an interception, a fumble, and then another interception. So the defense literally said, there's no more of that. You're done. You can take your 14 points. Be happy with it because that's all we're going to give you. And that's all they ended up giving the Cardinals because they just shut them out uh, due to the great you know, turnovers. Pass rush kind of started getting you know revved up a little bit and sound coverage throughout. So, And I think when we'll talk about who I think the culprit was on a couple of these blown coverages here in a minute, but as a team, they played really well as a unit to kind of, you know, collect themselves, you know, stick to the assignment and get the job done because this is the Cardinals offense that has been very pathetic. And I, I hate using that word, but it's been true in the first two weeks. Um, so for them to come out there and put up 14 points in a hurry, I was like, what in the world? That should not happen. And I think that's exactly what Vic Fangio is telling us guys like that should never happen. I don't know. You know, this is what we did wrong. Let's not do it again, because other than that, we're going to be fine, guys. And that's exactly what happened. Anything else in terms of general thoughts? Because it's interesting because it's a game in which they gave up a handful of big plays early and then they just totally, you know, switched the mindset and from that point forward, shut them down. So there's not a lot to talk about in terms of, you know, what went right, what went wrong in certain instances, because it was pretty much a tale of a couple of drives early and then no more after that. You know, I think the big thing here, the Bears have seen teams you know, come back on them, you know, in the end of games, you look at green Bay, even, you know, in Seattle, it was garbage time, whatever. But I think you could see this defense really just taking ownership. Hey, if we want to win this game, we could do it ourselves. So whether it's obviously they didn't score any points on, on this game, if clue Mac didn't jump off sides, Ajax had a pick six, but the defense is really just owning that mentality that they can close out games by themselves. And obviously it was a good opportunity against an Arizona Cardinals offense that, like you said, has been pretty pathetic so far this season. They're, they're really taking ownership of that, and that's great to see because we've seen defenses win games by themselves for the Chicago Bears. Obviously, you want offensive help, but they're really taking the ownership of being that team, that defense that can just win out, win a ball game. I think I'm just kind of browsing through the plays here. I just want to make sure that I'm correct, but I'm 98% sure, so I'm going to give it to myself, uh, that the Bears defense only gave up one third-down conversion in the second half of this game, which, I mean, when you have interception, interception, fumble, interception, of course, um, but only one third down conversion in the second half. Nick, what does that tell you about where this defense is at? And again, I know the Cardinals came in this game very poor on third down, but they started off converting their first couple. You know, that tells me, especially Vic Fangio now being in his fourth season, the guys that are out there really trust one another because in third down situations where offenses are going to maybe try to run rub routes or trying to run a whole bunch of different you know plays just to try and get whatever yards is basically needed. These guys need to be in their proper assignments. Dan Trevathan needs to get everybody lined up. That pass rush needs to be there. So you're seeing all that happen, especially on the most important down for the Bears defense on third down to get the, their defense off the field. So that's what that shows me. Vic Fangio's unit is really coming together. And it, it's great to see these guys, even like some guys had some hiccups and we'll, we'll talk about it later. But despite that happening, this defense is doing its job to get off the field on third down. Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and just dive into these positions here. And let's begin with the defensive line. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. 
I think a great place to start is Akeem Hicks. The end of the day with the three quarterback hits, uh, he had the strip sack on Bradford, and he just came in there very viciously, swatted the ball, came right out. Now, obviously, the Bears didn't pounce on that football, but it was still a good momentum-swinging play early when the Bears' defense was on their heels a little bit to kind of reestablish the tone, kind of you know tell that Arizona front, like, no, we're coming now. Like, we're coming now. These quick throws, these easy ones that you kind of got with some blown coverages, they're over. So for me, Akeem Hicks, uh, you know, he had a really decent day overall with the four tackles. He had, uh, like I mentioned, the sack and three quarterback hits on the day. I mean, Akeem Hicks, when you kind of put three different guys on Cleo Mack to try to slow down Cleo Mack and leave Hicks one-on-one, he's going to have a really decent day. And I think for the most part, he did. What about you, Nick? No, I mean, Akeem Hicks comes to play each and every week, and it's it's great to see because he was the most disruptive pass rusher on the Bears last season. Now you had a Cleo Mack that just elevates his play, which is insane to say, but you want, you want to see him have a second, uh, better second half of the season than he did last year. But another guy that I really liked, and maybe it's just the one play that stands out. Yeah, it better be the one play. It's, it's Bilal Nichols, man. Yeah. I mean, that was a fantastic play, especially when the Bears needed that to happen, just... Uh, it was a crucial part of the game, late in the game, but the rookie makes a nice move, gets in the backfield, makes a nice tackle. That's what you want to see because we've we've been clamoring for somebody to be the opposite guy of Akeem Hicks. And Roy Robertson-Harris, Jonathan Bullard, to me, had a quiet game, and Bullard had that, I think it was a legal hands-to-the-face call. So still, um, you want to see more production out of them too um, after having a good week last week. But Bilal Nichols, that play, that's great to see out of your, what, six? is it fifth or sixth round pick? Fifth? fifth, I want to say fifth. I I think it's fifth, but yeah, that's a great play for for the young rookie to get one get on the field in a crucial time, and be able to make a play when you know you're counted on when you're in you know playing the game. So great for Belon Nichols. Yeah, that was a really big third down. I mean, it was two down territory, but still, it was a great third down because it was a tackle for a loss that went for negative three. They get in there in a hurry, bring down the ball carrier, really forwards you know the Cardinals to. Uh, and especially with Rosen back there to take a much longer fourth down attempt. And obviously it worked well in our favor. So yeah, I think that play, um, even if it was just a no gain kind of changes, you know, how that play call is going to go for both sides. Um, but to knock them back, know that, you know, the Cardinals were going to have to throw this football, which allowed the bears to send the blitz and put some pressure on Rosen. I think really was an underlying cause of why the bears were able to kind of stop the Cardinals as they were kind of driving late in this game. So for me, yeah, Nichols huge. The and next it, play was actually Bryce Callahan's uh, interception. So yeah. on that fourth down call. So there you go, Bilal Nichols. Yeah. Yeah. And we should say it more confidently. Fifth round pick. We know it. Fifth round. Yes. Fifth round. And Eddie Goldman, it's, it's not like the most eye-popping day, but he had four total tackles. And uh, for the most part, whenever Arizona tried to run the ball up the gut, I mean, he was right there to bring him down. Just, you know, a big stone wall right here anchoring this defense. You know, Goldman's continuing to have a really, really strong start to this season. Uh, so just another big day out of him. Switching over to linebackers, uh, let's go ahead and start on the outside here. And Nick, I'll let you go ahead and start things off. Yeah, so I think Leonard Floyd actually had a better day today than he has had in the last two weeks. Um, I was able to see him actually get in the back, or not get in the backfield, but just beat those one-on-one blocks. He didn't get to the quarterback, obviously, but you can tell he's able to use his hand with that cast that he has now. Just having that that finger movement, it is big for him because he plays with his hands so much and is able to, I mean, that's what he worked on all in camp using, and that's why he was so good in camp, just beating whoever was in front of him. So I thought I saw a better day out of uh, Leonard Floyd there. And I mean, do we need to talk about Cleo Mack? I mean, we could talk about Cleo Mack all day. 
but can but but he's yeah go ahead i just have one play that i want to mention i think it's you know an underrated play it's after trubisky's interception um and the cardinals were looking to extend that lead um but then he had that sack on bradford that took him just out of field goal range so i don't know if you mentioned that when you had your mvb but i had it here in my notes i wanted to make sure to kind of highlight that because you know it's a sack and it's in the first half but it's still a sack that took him out of field goal range that enabled the bears to kind of maintain that, you know, 14 uh, points given up instead of making it 17, which if my math is correct, 17 is more than 16 that the bears scored. So a big play by Khalil there. Uh, what about you? Anything from Aaron Lynch? It was a little quieter today, but did you say anything? Yeah, I think it was on that last, it was on that Bryce Callahan interception. He was the guy coming off the right side uh, or what would be Rosen's left coming up on that side, coll- collapsing the pocket, and he was right there. Yes, he did have a quieter game, but that's what you want to see out of Aaron Lynch. It can't be Khalil Mack every time. Leonard Floyd will get there when he gets that cast completely off, but that one play, again, huge interception for Bryce Callahan, and Aaron Lynch was right there. If he held it on, held on to the ball a second longer or a half a second longer, that ball most likely is on the ground, and maybe the Bears are just getting a, uh, another turnover instead of the interception, but this being a fumble, obviously. Yeah. Let's transition inside here and Danny Trevathan. And here's the culprit that I was talking about. Obviously, he was the one uh, in coverage on David Johnson uh, for that 21-yard touchdown after Trubisky's fumble. Um, but he was also, and again, I don't know the play call here, but it did look like he was supposed to be the one having to pick up uh, Ricky Seals-Jones in that very first touchdown of the day. It looks like he thought that uh, Seals-Jones was going to go inside, so Trevathan kind of went for it. And the next thing you know, Seals-Jones went outside on the corner and then he was left wide open. It did look like Danny was kind of pointing like who's back there. So maybe he thought he had some help over the top. But regardless, I mean, he was kind of in the middle, at least both of those touchdowns early. Uh, obviously, things got cleaned up. But I just wanted to point that out in my notes. Uh, do you have anything else on Trevathan? Or do you want to talk about Roquan Smith, who I thought for the most part had a really strong game? Yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll just go to Roquan Smith. I will. You know what? I'll start with the negatives of Roquan that we can end on a positive. There were a couple of times where I thought he he's in position to make a tackle and he just misses it. And we saw that in his first start against Seattle. Um, it was a pass. It was a third down pass to David. John- I believe it was a third down pass, third or second down pass to David Johnson on the left side. Trevathan's on the left. Uh, there's another Bears defender in the middle. Roquan Smith's all the way uh, on the right side. And then David Johnson just goes around him like they're in perfect position to make the tackle you know not give up the first but david johnson ends up getting that there's another play where roquan smith reads it perfectly just misses the tackle on david johnson again so he needs to work on it but he's at least in position that's what you want out of your rookies in position to make plays now he just needs to finish them because roquan smith and we see we saw it in this game especially just the speed he has out there to cover the flats or come down in the middle to you know stuff a hole he, it's it's amazing. So Roquan Smith, he's going to get better with that. Just needs to keep his head up, you know, make the tackle and just finish the play. That's a big thing with Roquan. Yeah, you, you hit it really well uh, because he has the speed to really close, you know, anywhere on this field. Uh, he had one, he had a tackle for loss on David Johnson uh, on a little quick pass on, you know, in the flat. It was able to close great angle to get there. Great closing speed. Got the tackle for a loss. Earlier in the game, he had a good play. Uh, they tried pitching the ball out. He went, he went, took a perfect angle, which undercut a couple of blockers and it limited that, which looked like it might have busted out for a first down. It only ended up being a one yard run. So, two good plays there by Roquan. And I think the whiffs that you're talking about, it's just evident that sometimes he's a little bit too aggressive, playing a little bit too fast, which, you know, I mean, he's fast, but sometimes he needs to learn how to kind of like channel that a little bit, uh, you know, square himself, getting up to the ball carrier, make a sound tackle instead of just kind of run right through him because, 
maybe that worked in the SEC, but in the NFL, guys make moves just a little bit quicker, and that's why you're seeing a couple of these misses. But once he adjusts to that, I think we're going to see some you know, even better games out of Roquan. I really think brighter days are ahead for our eighth overall pick here in the draft. Anything else on linebackers before we move on to secondary, Nick? Let's go on to the secondary. All right, go ahead. All right. I mean, this is a, I'm trying to see how many passes were actually caught by wide receivers. You had seven from Christian Kirk, and a lot of them came against when Kevin Tolliver was in the game when Prince of Mukamura Yeah, they left. just kept so, running the same route over and over and right in front of him. Yeah, and Tolliver, being a rookie, and especially he got beat on the double move, I, he just wanted to play far off. And maybe that's what Vic Fangio wanted from him as well. So a lot of the underneath went there. You had that. Larry Fitzgerald had two catches. Uh, Chad Williams had a catch. So the Bears, you know, for the receiver aspect for the Cardinals, they didn't do much. There wasn't a big game out of them. And in part, again, of the entire defense. But the secondary, especially Prince of Mukamura when he was in there, locked down coverage on, on his guys. And Bryce Callahan, I, honestly, I gave my MVP to Cleo Mack, but he's also deserving of it as well. He was just on Larry Fitzgerald wherever he went. And that's a hard guy to guard. At just being, you know, even though he is older, still is able to make those moves, get open. But yeah, the secondary played really well. And you saw that inter- uh, Eddie Jackson interception comes out of nowhere, but it was like an effortless play, just kind of catches it and goes about his day. So great to see guys stepping up and Sherrick McManus, Tolliver, obviously he'll get better. But yeah, it was, the secondary played lights out. Yeah. And Eddie Jackson, too. You know, this is not going to count on the stat sheet whatsoever, but that second interception, that pick six, they didn't count because Khalil Mack was offside. Uh, it doesn't go, I, it didn't go unnoticed to me, but it took a lot of time off the clock because of how that play kind of extended through because it went all the way down to 14 seconds and maybe he should have just jogged a little bit. So, I mean, it all worked out in the end, but I was like, take your time. It's offside. Don't worry about it. But uh, no, I mean, he was, I mean, if Khalil Mack's not offside, that's a, that's a ceiling interception right there, which is something that we haven't, well, we, we had it last week with the Mukamara. So that would have almost been back-to-back ones for that Bears defense two weeks in a row. So even though it was offsides, it's still a, a good sign there for the Bears secondary. And then, of course, you mentioned Bryce Callahan, uh, not just being in coverage, a little bit sticky, but more of that solid open field tackling that we've just seen time in and time out for him. Uh, Prince of Mukamara, he had that really nice pass breakup on third down, uh, which forced the very first three and out on the Cardinals second drive, which kind of showed that this Bears defense isn't going to completely roll over. And then Kyle Fuller, uh, I have nothing to say about him, which is exactly what we need. Yeah. It's a quiet I, day. I was like trying to think when did anybody even go to his side? I'm, I'm really, I don't know if they did. I, I have no idea. So yeah, if you were going to ask me what you think about Kyle Fuller, I couldn't tell you anything. Cause I mean, he did his job. You didn't, there were no penalties, no guy, no balls were caught over there. So yeah. Hey, after two weeks of giving up to two touchdowns, which again, great throws, but after two weeks of doing that, to have a very quiet day where your name's not even called. I mean, that's great. He ended up the day with two tackles. Um, I'd even hear his name called for those two tackles, which no. is fine. A quiet day from your corner isn't a bad thing. Um, and then what about Mukamara? I want to talk about this hamstring injury real quick. He seemed like he was in good spirits. It seemed like they're being very you know, precautionary um, by holding him out. If he has to miss some time, what's your confidence level in you know, Kevin Tolliver moving forward? Uh, you know, he didn't really show a lot to me in the preseason and obviously it's, it's a different animal preseason, regular season, but with, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming, you have like Deshaun Jackson, Mike, like you have some pretty good wide receivers and I, I don't know with Tolliver being so young, he, he got burned by, he got burned by a rookie in this game with Christian Kirk on that double move. One of the very few passing plays that actually went well for the Arizona Cardinals. I wouldn't say that I'm very uh optimistic about what he can do just 
but the defense will will work around it, and, and Vic Fangio will find a way to you know give him a little bit more help as opposed to Kyle Fuller. So um, I'd ra- obviously I'd rather see. I, it's weird. I'm going to say this. I'd rather I'd definitely rather see Prince of Mukamara out there making plays because he he's been he's been impressing me so far. He really has. You came around, Nick. I, I yeah, you know, you elevate your play, it it gets recognized. Let's just say that. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good thing to say. So I appreciate you keeping the open mind here about <laughs> Prince. All right, time for some final thoughts on defense. And mine, it's just going to be the theme that I've echoed throughout, and that's just the resiliency because they made some silly mistakes early, allowed some easy scores, and like I've already mentioned, they decided like no more, and they stuck to that. And for them to kind of rebound from that uh, kind of shows because I can see, not myself, but I can see fans watching going, oh, was this defense everything I thought it was in the first two games? What's going on? Where's the pass rush? Where's this coverage? How come we're letting the Cardinals, who scored six points heading into this game, score 14 points in the first quarter? Like, what the heck is happening? Well, sometimes that happens. I mean, look what the Bills did today. It happens. And the Bears, they didn't let that happen to them today. So for that to happen, for the defense to pretty much put the matters in their own hands. What's the last time we saw Bears defense come with back-to-back-to-back-to-back turnovers and drives? Seriously, it's been, who knows how long? I mean, if it's ever, I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but I mean, that's been, I mean, that's reminiscent and that takes me back to a time of the Levy Smith defense days with, you know, the Briner, like, or the Lance Briggs, the Charles Tillman, those kind of that, those days in the bears defense. And we've seen that throughout. And today with those turnovers uh, coming up with them, despite a little bit of the bending, I mean, that's, that's all we need. That's really all we need from this defense. It's even though they came away with 14 points today, it was, it was fine. It was, I'm fine with it now. Like at first I was very, very upset, um, but how they kind of responded and flipped the script. I can live with it. What about you? What's your final thought on defense? Yeah, that's the thing, how they responded after those 14 points, because the bears know this bears defense knows that shouldn't have happened. They scored six points all season, having given up a touchdown for them to, you know, allow that to happen to that. You I think they just took it. Um, and we were like that. We're not going to have, they're going to have this mindset. That's not going to happen anymore. And it didn't. So, that's what you love about this Bears defense. They can really get after the quarterback, the hurries, the sacks, the interceptions, the fumbles. This Bears defense is flying around everywhere, everywhere from the corner all the way to the left defensive end. doesn't matter. This defense is playing great football right now, and it's only going to get better with the chemistry as it develops and you know the new guys getting in there. Even if it has to be a Tolliver, it's going to get better. So it's exciting to watch because you just know anytime that defense is out there, there could be a chance for a sack. Interception, fumble, whatever it may be, it's really exciting to watch. I mean, for we've been starved, you know, in terms of turnovers throughout the entirety of you know the, our show's tenure, and they actually have it kind of coming now to fruition. It's it's great. It's a good sign to see, and hopefully, it's a pace that they can kind of keep up throughout the rest of this season. All righty, Nick. Let's go ahead and enter the first, uh, the first, the fourth, and final quarter, and let's go ahead and begin with a quick hit on special teams. And I'll go ahead and begin, and I'm going to say it one last time. And I'm probably not one last time because I have a final thought coming up. Um, but resiliency and able to overcome adversity. And that's Cody Parkey. He missed his first field goal today and he ended up hitting his next three, which, uh, you know, I was still, I mean, I was still a little salty here in the second half when the Bears are kind of chipping away at this lead. I was like, well, they should be leading or they should be down by one instead of down by whatever they were. Um, but for him to come back in his next three, uh, which of course were proved, you know, very pivotal in this game uh, to kind of, you know, have that short memory, which, you know, as a kicker, that's extremely important. Uh, is a good sign. I mean, obviously you wish he was four for four, but sometimes he miss. It happens, and he was able to kind of bounce back from it, just like the defense early on, and have himself a stronger game 
uh, throughout the remainder of it. What about you, Nick? Anything on special teams you want to hit on? You know, I just want to maybe make this uh, comment here, but do you think Matt Nagy is actually confident in Cody Parkey? There are times where he's lining up to go for it on fourth down, second guesses himself, then reverts to going for Cody Parkey, allowing him to kick a field goal. Obviously, he misses the first one, rebounds. But I kind of want to see how that plays out because maybe maybe Matt Nagy's just confident in his offense, or maybe he's got a little bit of doubt with his kicker. But he, I like how he rebounded, like you said. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? That's a good question. And I wish I was inside, you know, Matt Nagy's mind to give it the answer. Um, but if I had a guess, I think it's just Nagy trying to prove he's aggressive and wanting to be an aggressive coach. And I think he's overdoing it just a little bit sometimes. And I think that's what we're seeing down in the red zone with some of these hunky dory kind of play calls when he can just kind of hand it to Jordan Howard and punch it in. Um, so I think he's just trying to get a little bit too cute uh, and he's over overthinking it a little bit. Um, so for me, I think that's more the case because he, that's his first miss of the regular season. So, yeah. I mean, there's really no reason not to have confidence in him. I mean, yes, he struggled throughout the preseason, but you no, know, this year he's missed one. So it was that one. And I doubt that would have really crept in, but who knows? I mean, maybe, um, but I think it's just Nagy trying to be that aggressive coach that he told us all off season that he's going to be. Um, but then he second guesses himself and throws him out there in the field. I don't mm -hmm. think if he had lack of confidence, he would kind of put him out there. So for me, I think it's just the aggressive mindset. What about you? Do you have a, do you have a hunch one way or another? No, I just wanted to see your thoughts on it. Uh, it could be a lot of things, but it's just interesting as you know, those plays were happening. I'm like, man, I know he just missed. I think he made one. And then that play kind of happens. I wonder what does he think? Does he not think that Cody Park is going to make this whatever it may be. But he, he, like we said, it's only one. And it's nice to see that Cody Parkey, because I remember saying this after the preseason, I just don't feel confident. And now he's really, you know, silenced those, uh, I guess, critics and those thoughts and obviously he misses one today, but rebound. So it's good to see. I am surprised, though, sticking with special teams, that Tariq Cohen didn't have a, a better day by returning uh, the football just because of what the Arizona Cardinals gave uh, allowed to happen with the Los Angeles Rams and their punt returning unit. But there were times where Tariq Cohen had the punt. Uh, he caught the ball, and I think he was just thinking way too much. Again, everyone's thinking way too much. Just play football in you know, the grand scheme of things and just needs to make one cut up field rather than try to set a block up, make another cut and then turn up field. But I thought he would have had a better game than he did today. I mean, he only had two tries and one of yeah. them was a 21 yarder. I mean, if the bears defense forced more punts, then we would have saw a little bit more opportunity, but instead the bears defense like, nah, we're just going to take the ball right here. We'll come away with the interception. We'll, we'll take the fumble. We don't, you, you don't even have to worry about sending your punter out. We're just going to take it now. Um, but no, I understand exactly what you mean, but limited sample size to see exactly how it all kind of pan out. But uh, Nick, do you have your red pen ready? Are you ready to grade this game? What do you got? I actually do have a red pen. So um, if I had to grade this game and everything is happening, only 16 points. Uh, you know, I'll give this one. I'll give it a I'll give it a C plus B minus. Honestly, I know they won and I'm being I'm just being critical here. But and I had ex low expectations for Mitch Trubisky coming into this game, but he played worse than what I would have anticipated him. I didn't expect him to have the turnovers to be so careless with the football. Um, the running game still needs to get going. The defense did give up those early touchdowns and this to an Arizona Cardinals team. That is very good, but you know what? I'll go with the B minus for a final grade. Not a C plus B minus on the grade. Uh, they, they still have a lot to work on, but it was a win. So it wasn't a perfect win, but they still have a lot of things to work on. All right. I like it. I'm at the B minus as well. Um, that's where I had it. So you had to work your way up into my grade, which it's okay. You can do that. Um, for me, I think the defense, you take out the short field in which they gave up the seven points. 
Because, I mean, they handed the ball to 21. So they're going to get points regardless. So you have the points there. The very first drive, uh, they made the adjustments since then. Uh, after that point, I mean, you have to almost give them a, you know, damn near an A for all those turnovers, forcing only allowing one third down conversion in the second half, just forcing them either to punt the ball or you're going to get a turnover uh, ever since they got those 14 points up on the board. So for me, I mean, you have to give them an A. And then you're looking at the offense and you have to almost give them like a C minus because of all the miscues. And yes, they were able to put up some points enough to win this game, but they didn't find a way to execute in the red zone today. So for the lack of red zone execution in terms, and then of course the Trubisky kind of issues that we saw today with the fumbles, uh, well, the fumble, the interception, it, it was, it still leaves a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. I thought we we're going to be a little bit further in that. And just real quickly, red zone after three times, was only able to score a touchdown once, and it's an issue. We've been getting into red zone more than most of the teams in the league. We entered this game seventh in the NFL with 3.5 trips, had three more again today, but we're only able to convert on, you know, less like around the third right now, which is where we were today, and it's not where you want to be. You want to at least be converting at minimum 50, but ideally it's 60% clip, so we're not even halfway there in terms of our red zone efficiency. So for me, it all kind of averages out to that B minus and I'm being generous because we're in first place in the NFC North. Yeah, very true. And imagine if the offense played was playing a little bit better. These grades would be a lot better because it's basically the offense bringing down these grades. The defense has played lights out, except for when we'll look to a week one, that second half, that fourth quarter, really. But really, these grades would be so much better if the offense was just a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, Nagy was saying that when I was looking at Twitter over here, when you're talking a few times that, uh, he's like, you know, you can obviously, you can say like the defense is what won these, you know, these last few games for us. They're like kind of carrying us right now. And they are. And Bears. I've seen it in the past where it can work, especially here in Chicago. I've seen that, you know, a Bears team lead a Kyle Orton team throughout the entirety of the season, but Kyle Orton didn't turn the ball over so much. He kind of took care of the ball. So if you want to kind of look at a model, maybe that's it. But I think there's more potential on this offense that we still need to find a way to untap and, Right now, we're just kind of, you know, stalling. And hopefully things start clicking here sooner rather than later. Because if they do, I mean, there's a lot of potential where this thing can go. It does. It's, this team's going to go as far as Trubisky's going to take them. I think it's really easy to say that. And hopefully he's up for the challenge because this defense, it, they're having a lot of fun. They're playing with a lot of, you know, energy, tenacity, attitude. And I want to see that kind of get, you know, rewarded here sometime or another this season. But let's go ahead and enter our two-minute warning, wrap up our thoughts in this game, and put them into perspective moving forward. And Nick, over to you first. What's your two-minute warning? Two-minute warning, it's pretty simple here. Mitch Trubisky needs to get better. And, you know, it, still, I think we still need to give him time, but he can't be turning over the football. That that cannot happen. He can't – these drives can't be uh, continue going because of penalties, roughing the pass for penalties. Obviously, that's part of the game, but a lot of their drives – you know, we're able to become scoring drives because a penalties happen on those drives. Can't you can't allow that to happen. Matt Nagy needs to be better as a play caller and, you know, screen game. Yes, you can use it. Don't use it. Almost every single every other player that's not going to, you know, get you wins in this in this league, even though this is a good Cardinals defense. But the offense really needs to step their game up. And this is to be expected, though, from the offense early on in the season. And defense needs to keep doing what it's doing. I'm disappointed they didn't get their pick six. Should have had it. That would have been three games in a row, but this defense is playing lights out. It is going to carry this football team, but eventually you want to see that offense not level out because they're never going to get to the play of the, this defense this season, I think. And obviously that's really hard to do, but they still need to continue to get better each and every week. And it starts with Mitch. If he can 
be the quarterback that we all envision him to be, that Chicago hopes he can be, that Matt Nagy hopes he can be. This this team is going to be very special, but we just got to wait until, uh, you know, hopefully that happens. And hopefully it does. Real quickly before my two-minute warning, I forgot to kind of give the results of the oh, yeah. poll on Twitter. Just to let you know where other Bears fans are kind of grading this game. And out of over 1,000 votes, we have 57% give them a C. The next highest grade is at 24%, which was a B. So that's kind of where Bears fans are thinking, which I think if you ever did it out, is the C plus B minus area. So look at that. And for my two-minute warning, um, and I'll start it off with, I don't feel bad for using the word resilient or resiliency too much. Uh, Coach Nagy just said to the you know Chicago media of his young Bears team that they're resilient, very resilient. So I'm thinking along the same lines as Coach here. So I think I'm in pretty good company. But regardless how you look at this, uh, you can go to bed tonight smiling, knowing that the Bears are first place in the NFC North for the first time since 2013. They're above 500 for the first time since 2014. So even though there's some nitpicking going on, and I wouldn't even call it nitpicking, I think there's some obvious issues that we need to correct here in Chicago. Um, I think you can still take pride of what the Bears have accomplished you know, so far this season. We're one Kyle Fuller you know, interception away from being 3-0 on the year, which I don't think anyone would care how you got to 3-0, as long as you were ending up you know, being 3-0 and that's how I feel about being 2 on one right now. I don't mind this game was a little bit close. Maybe it was a little bit too close for comfort. Yeah, and I'm sure you feel the same way too, but a win's a win, and the good teams find a way to win the games even if originally they were out of it. They find a way to come back, and it wasn't the prettiest of comebacks. We didn't come back and just destroy them, but we found a way to score just enough to come away to win this game. So for me, you know, I'm not even going to go back through the stats. I'm not going to tell you just how, you know, the offense needs to improve. We've talked about that in great length and just how great this defense is. This is a fun football team to watch. And sometimes they have you ripping out your hair and other times they have you jumping up for joy. It depends on what side of the football is on the field. No, but mm-hmm. honestly, I'm excited for to be a Bears fan again. And I, I think I have been, you know, throughout all the years, but it feels good again. It feels good to look at the standings. I took a screenshot like, look, we're first place in NFC North. Look. We have a winning record, and honestly, we'll see where this thing goes. It can go up, it can go down, it can remain stagnant. Um, but I think this Bears defense is going to, you know, keep us in it this season. And I'm excited to see what the future holds. But today, the Bears did enough to win, and really, that's all that matters. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. I want to thank you again for everyone here who is watching live, and that's going to wrap up our Bears Cardinals postgame show. Just in case you listen for how long it's been now, I don't have a timer in front of me, but the Bears did win 16-14, to 2-1 on the year, first place in the NFC North. And next up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is going to be a fun game to say the least. I want to thank you all who are watching live. Really appreciate you. Thanks to Tristan. Thanks to Travis. And, of course, our moderators over there, everyone for taking you the chat. And of course, to our thousands of podcast listeners uh, throughout the entirety of the world, I want to thank you for tuning in and we'll be back here in a couple days to meet the Buccaneers. But until then, enjoy your victory Monday. And of course, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep 
all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. 